This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less. Today's show comes from October 29th, back in 2013. First up, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead and Greg are going to catch up on some turkey talk. Second up today, Stephen Reichlin is in. He and Greg are going to talk apples. I guess it's fair to say they're going to compare apples to apples. Let's get right to it. Here is Greg and Meathead from AmazingRibs.com from October 29, 2013. Um, your wine snobs out there will want a Sauvignon Blanc or a Chardonnay, but everybody loves Riesling. It's well, really an easy Really, won't the wine snobs want Pinot Noir? Well, I suppose. Um, cool. Totally right. overrated, okay. so by we're, the way. We're starting at the back end, but you know, if you're going to match wine with turkey, um, the turkey itself tends to be the least intense flavor on the table. Now, it doesn't have to be, and we'll talk about how to make it. More I was just going to make a, an incredibly bold statement, uh, so we'll lead, <laughs> up, we'll lead into that. But um, all the other stuff, the cranberry sauce, the, the potatoes, uh, that carries a lot of flavor. And so I'll, I'll work the wines into that. And by the way, a little yep. brief editorial. I think I did this briefly last year, but it's worth doing again. I just think this is the most wonderful holiday of them all um, because it's the really American holiday, even more than the 4th of July. It's the holiday where most of us eat the same meal. Um, uh, I mean, okay, so some people may not have sweet potato. They'll have mashed potatoes. Whatever. But most of us are eating turkey, and a lot of us are eating stuffing of some sort or sweet potatoes. And, and, uh, and not only are we eating it all together around the country, yep. but we're sharing this meal with people who came before us. And we're sharing this meal with people in Europe, in Asia, the soldiers. Uh, it's a... It's a shared event surrounding food. And, 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 and although we all like to grill and celebrate and have lots of food at 4th of July, and it is American, there isn't this continuity of the food that we have on Thanksgiving. And, and, and I just think it's wonderful. And I tell you, all the people out there who are complaining about the war on Christmas – I want to tell you, with Macy's opening on Thanksgiving Day and all these darn stores opening up and making their clerks leave the Thanksgiving dinner to go to work and sell TVs and shoes is a national travesty. The war is not on Christmas. The war is on Thanksgiving. And, and it's an important American holiday. And I think we should all boycott all these stores that are opening on Thanksgiving and, and, and ruining the holiday <laughs> for their employees. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty deliberate there. Um, you know, I'm not sure the people that actually want to uh, work on Thanksgiving would appreciate that. But, you know, whatever. Well, I suppose there are people who want to work, but I'll bet there are more who want to spend it with their family. Yes, well, I can. T- let me tell you something, Meathead, and you're getting a lot of kudos uh, immediately in the instant chat room. You know, when I was a young buck growing up, uh, 
Christmas, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving was one of, well, it, I think Christmas and Thanksgiving were the two most long-running traditions in my particular yes. immediate family. And then going on to my mother's side for Christmas, my father's side for Thanksgiving with his brother and, and uh, parent. But man, uh, you know, there were times where I was old enough to realize what was going on. And uh, thank God I had my job at the movie theater that I could escape the uh, far parts of the evening and, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of get a little time to myself. But nevertheless, um, you know, I agree with you. And I think, you know, I said it this last year. I'll say it again. You know, the thing that I like most about Thanksgiving is that, uh, A, everything that you said I completely agree with. But, but B, and perhaps even more importantly, you know, with every other holiday, there seems to be so much commerce and products and hype of I got to get this, you got to get that. And you just really don't see it with Thanksgiving. There is, you know, not a huge amount of buildup on television preceding it, really nothing Wait. after it. And But everybody is waiting for it, and they want the food, and you want the sandwiches later, and as you said, the family camaraderie and all that great stuff. Uh, and it's at least nice to see one major holiday escape a lot of that uh, quote-unquote commercialism. Uh. Yeah, but uh, you've just put the kinahara on it, the curse on it. Now, <laughs> now we're gonna see, now we're gonna see inflatable pilgrims in people's yards. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, dear, dear, dear. All right, so let me but, uh, um, let me make this yeah, statement turkey. here before we start talking turkey. Uh, yeah. You know, intimidating for a lot of folks to prepare on the grill, on the smoker, in the oven. You know, however you're going to do. But here's this bold statement that I want to make, and you kind of alluded to it. Uh, so I would like maybe your more in depth take on it. Even at its best, even at its best, turkey is eh, pretty average tasting now, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's a mild tasting meat. Yeah. It's mild than chicken. It can be bland, and if you screw it up, it can be really dry. Oh, yeah. It's a lean meat. So the idea in cooking it is to try to overcome these shortcomings, and you can. And, of course, I'm talking to the converted out here i'd suppose half the audience or more cooks their turkey on the smoker or the grill yep. but there's a couple of tricks so i'm going to skip past the preaching about don't fry your turkey and smoke it or grill it and i think either one works great i'm not going to preach about my preference one or the other but there are a few tricks i want to um convey and if you're not doing the turkey and aunt aunt maria is doing it there's a tip you can give her that we learn on the barbecue, and that is when you set the bird on the grill grate, it's really kind of floating in space. If you drop the bird down into the uh, roasting pan, hey, I sent you some graphics. Do you yeah, have the roasting pan graphic? Do, well, Dr. Do you, Blonder. Do you have a number okay, to that? Yeah, I forgot. I could get them up, but oh, wait. Well. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. That's that. that oh, that's right. that's last year's turkey. Yeah. Uh, isn't that a beauty? And um, you can see the dark spots under the skin. I put fresh sage leaves under the skin. Uh. There's still fresh sage in my garden. That's sage decorating all around there, and it usually makes it through the first few frosts. And sage is great on turkey. That's a technique. Get it under the skin because the fat's under there, and it melts and it uh, extracts flavor from the uh, sage. But uh, that's a good-looking bird. That's oh, on the. Looks uh, great. That's a Weber Smoky Mountain bird. Wow. Next. Pop-up thermometers. Oh yeah, I just want. A lot of people don't know why they suck. 
Um, well, isn't it isn't it simply because they are calibrated to go off at a certain temperature, which yes. perhaps until recently has been at the overcooked temperature? Yeah, it's been up to 185. Yep. Uh, most of them are calibrated 185. Now, USDA says 165. And we talked before about um, the, um, uh, the, the, the safe temperature for chicken and turkey, which are both technically 165. Um, we talked about the fact that safety is a relationship between both time and temp. Um, and so that uh, if you hold it at a lower temperature for a long time, it can be safe. Um, but let's just say we're going to 165 where you can still get moisture. Um, this, the way this thing works is on, on the left-hand picture at the bottom left, that gray thing is like a piece of solder. And when it hits the, the target temperature, it melts and releases the pop-up. Uh-huh. So that, that's how they work. And they're, they're pegged at like 185. So the first thing you want to do is you pull that thing out and yes, throw it away. Correct. And then don't worry about the hole. It's not going to bleed. Second tip. And again, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm preaching to the the audience here because I think a lot of people know this. The top picture is the stuffed bird. And so heat has got to get all the way down into the center of that bird to uh, make it um, uh, safe. And in the process, it's overheating the exterior and it's drying it out. Um, whereas if you leave the center open, you actually get hot air moving in there, and it, appro- it, it, it enters the bird from both sides, the outside and the inside. And so you get a less overcooked bird and uh, more juicy. And the solution to the problem with not stuffing, because a lot of people get upset about this. Next slide. Okay, hold on one sec. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh there we go. Is the muffing. This is the muffing. Stuff, the muffing. This is a stuffing muffin. I, I, I put them in a muffin tin. You grease it up with butter. You put it in a muffin tin, and you get lots more crispy stuff that way. And you can give everybody their own, like, individual muffing. And it really is a big hit, and it's a lot of fun. So if, and, and, and you can – we'll talk a little bit about the turkey gravy in a little bit. But I'm going to recommend a thin gravy that soaks into meat and stuffing muffins. And you can pour a little the gravy on this, and it's really killer. All right, here's the next one. Ah, um, and, and the other thing is, is a lot of us cook for large crowds. And so we go for these huge birds. And um, it, I think it's better to cook two smaller birds than one big bird. Um, again, with the big bird, you by the time you get the center cooked and safe, you've overcooked the exterior. It's a little hard to read the numbers on the screen here. But all these are on, naturally. All these are on my website on amazingribs.com in the article on the ultimate turkey. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at John J O N at the BBQ Central Show.com. I got muffing. Uh, sorry, just had to throw that in there. Actually, I do have something. Are you following the Big Barbecue Central Show on your social media platform? Love it if you did it. It is much appreciated. It is at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter. Slash BBQ Central Show over on Facebook. Give the big show a follow. Let's jump right into the second segment today. Greg and Stephen Reichlin are going to talk some apples. Let's do it. 
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Oh, wrong button. A little self-involved, I know. A little self-involved, I know. Uh, my next author, multiple time, or my next guest, multiple time author, TV host, cooking class instructor, and has become a regular here on this show to boot. Let's head on over and welcome in friend of the show, Stephen Reichlin. Stephen, how are you, buddy? Good evening. I'm great. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Stephen. Appreciate you asking and making time for the show, as always. A uh, number of topics to get to, but if I could press you right into service, because uh, never let it be said that I am not looking out faithfully for the people and audience of uh, my show here, the Barbecue Central, better known as the Central Lights. Stephen, do you have a good chowder base recipe? Not like all the stuff you're going to put into it, but like a just a good base recipe for chowder. Well, uh, I do. You want chowder on the grill or chowder uh, chowder indoors like we make it in the winter in New England? I think hey, well, I'm going to give it to you on the grill anyway. Go ahead. So uh, for me, it's corn chowder, and uh, you want to grill the corn husk off, as I always do, so you caramelize the kernels. While you're at it, uh, grill quartered onions, uh, grill uh, a couple of cloves of garlic on a toothpick, uh, you can grill some celery and chop all those up. And then you saute the grilled vegetables in uh, butter, add a little flour, and cook it to a really dark roux. And then at that point, I would add uh, equal parts chicken stock uh, or vegetable stock and half and half. And the flour will thicken the chowder up a little bit. By the way, uh, corn chowder is also really good with uh, some grid, grilled red bell pepper. But what the grilling does is it uh, it gives you a smoke dimension. And you know how when you grill vegetables, you just caramelize all those plant sugars and really pop up the sweetness. Well, that comes through in the chowder. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show. Appreciate that. Uh, you can visit his website, barbecuebible.com, just chock full of information, a, a real go-to source if you want to uh, really brush up on your skills there. You know, I was actually uh, reading through the blog a couple weeks ago, Stephen, noticed that we are in the midst, well, I guess now kind of coming to the close of uh, Apple Month, and I know one of your mantras, uh, as we just talked about, is if it tastes good inside, it's even better on the grill. What are some tips when it comes to apples? Which ones to choose? Well, you know, apples, uh, before I even get to tips, I mean, yep. I, I think we should have a moment of uh, <laughs> respect and veneration for the apple, because if you think about, uh, it, it's America's fruit. Um, if you think about how many ways apple uh, apple enters barbecue, I mean, first of all, apple wood a super fuel for grilling and smoking, mm. uh, the secret of a lot of pitmasters, uh, especially from the Midwest and New England. Uh, apple juice, uh, a great uh, ingredient for spraying on ribs and pork shoulders as they cook to add an extra layer of flavor, keep them moist. Uh, apple basting sauce made by uh, mixing equal parts apple cider and uh, melted salted butter, uh, brushed on poultry, brushed on ribs, absolutely fabulous. And then uh, every imaginable uh, 
apple cider or apple sauce or apple butter-based barbecue sauces. Um, the apple adds sweetness, of course, and fruitiness, but also a good apple will have an under edge of acidity, uh, which you need in a barbecue sauce. And we haven't even gotten to cooking apples on the grill or in the smoker. Uh, but in terms of that, I mean, you know, everything from apple steaks, where you'd cut an apple crosswise into finger-thick slices, brush it with melted butter, maybe dust it with uh, cinnamon sugar and cook it on a screaming hot grill, you know, so you caramelize the cinnamon sugar and butter and uh, lay on some nice grill marks on the apple. Uh, another thing I like to do is uh, is hollow an apple out. That is, uh, core it, but leave a little plug at the bottom. And uh, for a savory version, you can fill the apple with pork sausage and smoke it so they get that kind of sweet and salty and porky and fruity, uh, just makes a great dish for breakfast, great side dish, and uh, even a, even kind of a light, uh, light main course uh, brunch dish. Uh, and then, you know, there's what I call the baked quote-unquote apple, or in this instance, smoke-roasted apple, where again, uh, you would partially hollow out the apple, fill it with brown sugar, butter, rum, raisins, Oof. Uh, top it with granola, plug up that hole with a marshmallow. I mean, there's so much you can do with an apple. Stephen Reichlin is our guest, barbecuebible.com, his website, if you want to check it out. Um, obviously, a number of different varieties, some I would imagine might lend itself to being cooked more than some of the other ones, which might lend itself to being you know, maybe eaten better in its raw state. How do you decipher which should be which? Well, I sort of approach it a little bit differently, uh, um, Greg. I uh, I look first for what is local, what is in season, and particularly when I'm in New England, you know, what can I get kind of this week in this place that I couldn't get somewhere else. So that leads me to like, uh, well, this, the, the season's over now, but end of September, we get this wonderful uh, apple called a macoon, which I don't think you see uh, outside, of, uh, outside of New England or Massachusetts. Um, and it's when you get it the first few days off the tree, it's crisp, it's tart, it's really lovely. And then sort of about a week into the season or two weeks into the season already, it has that kind of soft Macintosh mealiness, uh, which I don't like. Um, down in, here in Florida, you know, we don't grow uh, apples in Florida, so you know, honey crisps are oh. always pretty uh, reliable. Uh, Fuji's are pretty reliable. Um, not the only thing. I don't use a lot of red delicious. I don't use a lot of yellow delicious because they, to me, they just taste so generic. But at any rate, think local and think seasonal. All right, so uh, aside from the, the dishes that you uh, just explained with the apples, were there any other ones, uh, you know, maybe coming up for Thanksgiving or, or ones that, uh, because we're in this type of a season, uh, being fall, kind of transitioning into winter here sooner than later, unfortunately, at least for us, not uh, so much you in Florida, but uh, you're obviously familiar with that weather aspect. Uh, are, are there certain dishes that you turn towards at this time of the year that uh, really involve the apple? Um. Well, let's see. Um, I'll be honest with you. You know, especially down here in Florida, um, where our apples come from somewhere else, 
most of the time I'm eating them. Um, sometimes I make an apple slaw. That's really good. Uh, uh, you shred apples or julienne apples uh, in a food processor, mix it in with, uh, with shredded cabbage, uh, and that makes a really nice, refreshing slaw uh, for an apple-smoked pulled pork shoulder that you then turn around and make a vinegar sauce with apple cider and apple vinegar. Um, uh, that's a big dish. Uh, another, uh, another, uh, fall, it's not a fruit, it's a fall vegetable I've been thinking a lot about, uh, is, uh, acorn squash. We've been starting to get some really beautiful organic acorn squash down here. And I have this affliction in my family. Uh, it's a daughter who's a dietitian who is a very militant, meatless, Monday kind of gal. Uh, I say that tongue in cheek. She's actually, actually a fabulous cook. And, uh, and so whenever we go over uh, over her house uh, for dinner on Monday, it's it's sort of uh, meatless Monday. So we've been playing a lot with acorn squash, cut them in half, stuff them with really uh, interesting, like a, you know, a wild rice and apple stuffing. That's really great. Uh, or uh, you know, some nuts, apples, uh, celery, onions, sautéed, uh, maybe some smoked cheese. And you indirect grill that. It's actually a technique I call smoke roasting, which means indirect grilling with wood smoke on the coals. Uh, it differs from smoking in that it's done at a higher temperature, 350 as opposed to 250. Uh, just until, you know, the, you, you do the Charmin test on the side of those squash. Uh, that is, you squeeze the sides, and when they're squeezably soft, they're ready. That is really delicious. And there are lots of applications for that for, uh, for uh, Thanksgiving. Hey, I kind of left that chowder bit a little bit unannounced because I thought, well, that's a pleasant surprise. It's fall, and who doesn't love a good chowder in the fall? I I love a good chowder. It's even got me thinking that maybe I should try an apple chowder. It it might be something. I doubt it, but it might be. Hey, you want to get the rest of this episode? There's a lot more interesting stuff in it. There will be a link in the show notes to take you to this full episode. And you know, while you're there, I'm going to ask you, please subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of this show or the really big Barbecue Central Show again. Thank you so much for checking it out. Until next time, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.